Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. Well, welcome to today's program. If you have questions, I want to remind you that you can send them to Jim, J-I-M, at 901-683-0989. Or, you know, just simply text them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Today's program, we've got a lineup that I think you're going to be very interesting to you. You're going to find very enjoyable. Mr. Valliere, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist with AGF Investments, will give us an update on what's going on in Washington. That's Greg Valliere. He's been on the program several times. Rob Clement, Scott Jordan, we're going to talk about scams that literally are talking with when we look at what elderly abuse is all about. Rob does a fabulous job. Scott's going to go through that process with us. We're really going to give you some insight because we have the doctor here, that is the professor from Scam School, we have Daniel Irwin, and he is with the Better Business Bureau. And at the end of the program, at the second half of the program, we're going to walk through some of those things that you need to be sensitive about when it comes to Christmas shopping. We want you to know that you can shop safe, shop smart, but watch out for a holiday scam. So that's the lineup. And first and foremost, Mr. Greg Verrier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist, AGF Investments. Sir, welcome to the program. Well, great to talk to you, Jim, and happy holidays to you and all of your listeners. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you so much. I've got a question for you because I really want to dive into this. This is such an important question. I mean, what this Congress, we got, I mean, you hear it, they've got a lot going on. What do they got to do before adjourning by the end of the year? Well, they got to pass a budget. It's only <laughs> taken them like nine months to, to work on a budget, but uh, they're going to miss their deadline of this Friday, and they've set a new deadline of next Friday, which is, of course, the beginning of the Christmas weekend. Uh, it's really outrageous that it takes them this long to get a budget done, but they're getting closer. Uh, I think there will be one. There'll be a big chunk of it that'll go to defense spending. And a big chunk will go to aid to Ukraine. There'll be a lot of other things in it. But the main thing is we won't have a shutdown. And hopefully by the 23rd, everyone can go back to a normal life without having to worry about getting a budget done on Christmas Eve. Do you find that, I mean, what, I guess, let me just ask this, because I think it's on everybody's mind. And does this have anything to do with the fact that Congress is going to lose a predominant member, Miss Pelosi, What's, is it going to change the chemistry of what we look at as far as Congress is concerned? I really think it will, Jim, for two reasons. Number one, uh, even though the House is very narrowly Republican, the new House, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who will, will begin as House Speaker, it's going to be tenuous for him, but Kevin McCarthy, I think, can block any kind of uh, radical or progressive legislation that comes over from the Senate. And number two, I think this Congress, the new Congress, is going to be more fiscally conservative. I think one of the messages of the election this fall is that we spent too much and we got inflation. And I think Congress now will be a little more uh, tight-fisted when it comes to spending. Well, you know, when you say that, I mean, what would you say has been her, her legacy 
I mean, it's amazing for you know how long she has actually yep. been the House Speaker. I mean, go back to Tip O'Neill, long standing yep. there. I mean, we've had others, but but I mean, literally, what do you think has been her legacy, or will be her well, legacy? She'll go down as the, the the first and one of the longest serving female. Uh, speakers of the House. Uh, she has her detractors, but she ran things pretty well. I think Kevin McCarthy ho- hopefully learned some lessons because McCarthy's going to have a tough fight keeping the Republicans together. But no, she, she was uh, friendly. I met her many times, friendly and nice, but she had an iron fist. She was very strict on getting things done, and she got a lot done. Whether you, you may not like what she got done, but she got a lot done. Yeah. That's a good point. You maybe not have liked it, but she was able to move in a direction. And, and as you said, iron-fisted, very much so. So you just tuned in. We're talking with Mr. Greg Vallier. He is the chief U.S. policy strategist with AGF Investments and always does a great job of bringing us up to date what's happened inside the belt of Washington. And again, you've got Congress got to pass a budget before the end of the year. I, I'm kind of shocked that that has taken as long as it has. Is that because the we've got... Fiscal responsibility and fiscal irresponsibility, or is it just because it's politically charged and we don't want to we don't want to agree with each other? Probably the latter, Jim. I think that th- there's not a lot of agreement on most issues. Uh, I do think there are certain things that Congress has to do, and they know this. They've got to get a defense bill. Uh, it's going to be a big one. Uh, I've argued on your show and elsewhere that one of the pure investment plays right now in Washington is defense, the defense stocks. I think they'll continue to do quite well. So we'll get a defense bill. We'll get some aid to uh, uh, Ukraine. Uh, There'll be several other provisions in this bill. Uh, They'll spend more money uh, in the next two or three weeks. But as I said earlier, once we get these next couple of weeks out of the way, I think you'll see a Congress that won't spend quite as much. Well, you know, when you think about it, you mentioned the idea behind the thought process of it, you know, being somewhat political and they've got to do some things. Speaking of politics, I guess the question that's on a lot of people's mind when you think about it is Mr. Joe Biden, the current president, going to run for the second term? And is he electable? Well, he's indicated that he's probably going to run. I continue to be amazed because if he wins the second term, he theoretically would be leaving the White House at the age of 86. You know, it's a stressful job. The presidency has has worn people down. I think at the age of 86, that is a real stretch, in my opinion. But he's told people uh, who I know that he's probably going to run. Uh, We'll see what the Republicans do. There's been a really remarkable shift in the polls in the last two or three weeks toward uh, Ron DeSantis and away from Donald Trump. I think if the Republicans had their nomination right now, DeSantis would win over Trump. Uh, He's a relatively fresh face. I think that uh, Biden would have a hard time with him. Uh, If it's Biden-Trump, that, that, that's a tougher call. I, I think Trump has, uh, has maybe worn out his welcome with an awful lot of people in the country. Uh, but DeSantis, I think, could give Biden a very close race. When you talk about that, I mean, but just is te- DeSantis tested? I mean, there's an enormous amount of scrutiny that takes place when a person starts yep. running for, you yep. know, you can talk about him, but when he starts running for president, the whole, everything, all the gloves, I mean, everything comes off. I mean, it's just brutal, sometimes truth, sometimes not truth. Is DeSantis capable of fighting that? Unclear. It's a good question, Jim. I think the jury is still out. 
whether DeSantis has that uh, iron you know, steel we talked about a minute or so ago, but uh, he's got a lot of he's raised a lot of money. He's very popular in Florida. I think there'll be several Republicans running. They now realize that Trump is looking vulnerable. So uh, if DeSantis is the front runner this early, I think you'll see a lot of other Republicans moving fast. People like maybe Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. Um, Maybe Nikki Haley of South Carolina, Tim Scott of South Carolina, uh, Ted Cruz. There's going to be a lot of Republicans entering. So we don't get a break for too long, Jim. I'd say by early next year, we're right back in another presidential campaign. All right. That means in early next year, we'll have you back on the program. Okay. I want to find out what's going on inside the belt. Last question, though, and this is on everybody's mind. And you hear one side say this, another side says this. I want to hear what you're thinking is especially, again, Greg Vallier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist for AGF Investments. Will the Federal Reserve continue raising interest rates? How long? How much? Well, that's the big question for the markets, isn't it? I think they raise rates today. Uh, you'll get a 50 basis point increase, probably a couple more 25 uh, point increases later in the winter. I think by the end of the winter, they'll be about done. But I don't see them easing rates anytime soon unless we see clear signs that inflation is is out of the picture. And we're not quite there yet. Mm, okay. Wow. That's uh, tremendous information. Greg Vallier, Chief U.S. Policy Strategist for AGF Investments. Always a pleasure, sir, to have you on the program. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Same to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. All right. Well, you know, again, it's always a pleasure just to listen to him, to have him to give us a tremendous amount of information. And we'll have him back, and say, probably the middle of January, 1st of February, simply to give us some insight into what he's seeing going on, especially as we start the presidential races. It starts off, I mean, they'll come at us like you wouldn't believe. Might as well get ready for it. It is part of our system. Well, I want to shift kind of a little bit. I talked about it at the beginning of the program. We have Scott Jordan and Rob Clement, and I got Daniel Irwin there. He's sitting over there, so they're all here. It's not very often I get all three of these guys together, but I tell you, this is a big deal because we're going to talk about the rest of the program, some about investing, because I want Scott to kind of give us some insight to what we think about the end of the year. But is, are we going to have the Santa Claus bounce is what I'm going to ask him. It's just uh, everybody's anticipating it. He'll predict it. He'll tell us what he's thinking. We can rely it, take it to the bank, do whatever you want to with it. You know, again, we'll probably get in trouble for uh, compliance for saying that. But, you know, <laughs> it's Christmas. What about that? You know, it's Christmas. Come on, guys. But uh, let's do this. Let me start off with you, Rob, because when I think about some of the biggest issues we have at this time of the year is elder abuse. And you do such a good job when you think about that. You talk about elders mis mistreatment being physical abuse, sexual abuse, psychological, emotional abuse, but really one of the biggest problems is neglect and financial abuse. Tell me, what are some of the signs that you look for? And, and Scott, you weigh in on this too. When we have a client that comes in that meets that elder status, okay, and we're just going to say whatever age that is to anybody that, you know, we know what kind we look for, but what are signs you're looking for when you think about when you're interviewing or working with a client? Rob, what would be the ones that would you would say, What I'm, here's what I'm seeing? Absolutely. One of the uh, areas that we see is we really watch for uh, what is happening with them within their family. And what I say that because you see many times uh, a senior won't tell you that they've had someone pass away and now they're by themselves. 
And so part, and the first thing you watch out for is are they beginning to be isolated? Are they are not, do they have anybody that checks in on them? Are they being cared for? And sometimes that leads to elder abuse because uh, when you're isolated, it's just like in a war. A country, when you're captured as a prisoner, they put you in solitary confinement. Being a senior by yourself can be like being in a war. Boy, you know, you talk about that. I know you've said this before, that sometimes that can be mobility, can be a problem there, and, you know, you sense that. and then, But it just, it lowers their guard, you might say, when they are isolated, that they don't really, you know, it's almost like all of a sudden they're establishing trust over a conversation. Daniel, I know you've had that recently in a scam, and it was all about what Rob's talking about, isolation and the idea behind, you know, they just were not being able to be out and about, and they just established trust immediately when somebody talked to them. Right, you're talking about isolation as abuse, but you know, isolation's a tactic a lot of times that scammers will use. They know that seniors are isolated, especially during the holidays. Uh, we had a situation where there was a elderly woman that, that recently lost a lot of money. She got a a scam call and the scammer talked to her uh, and started asking her questions, asking her about her day, asking her about her grandkids. And, you know, she came to, that was the only person calling her. It was the only person checking on her. And so she came to crave those calls. And so when this guy called her, they would talk for hours at a time. And so she would tell him things. And one of the things she said is, you know, I've got all this Christmas shopping to do. And, you know, it's, it's wet outside. It's been raining here in Memphis. And he goes, oh, I care too much about you to let you do that. I tell you what, um, you're going ahead and you're going to get this gift card and you're going to send it to me for, for what I called you about, right? The scam. But you know what? Just go ahead and get a second gift card. I'll do all your holiday shopping for you. And of course, she fell for it, hook, line, and hook, line, and sinker. And so, you know, isolation is a powerful thing and it's a tactic, right? That scammers use. They pick up on that with seniors. So, you know, not only do you have to worry about abuse from people that you know and you love, but, you know, one of the things we have to do as people is we have to look out for our loved ones, for our seniors, to, to make sure not only we see the signs of abuse, but the signs of scams. Absolutely. And, you know, and another thing, and that's a, that's a good point, the isolation is a big one. And, and sometimes it is new people in their lives that can be starting to isolate them. We're always looking, you know, we're sitting around the table doing reviews with people and, and all of a sudden there's a new person in the picture. Could be a neighbor, could be a family member. And, could be a and caregiver. Could be a caregiver. Right. We've had situations uh, recently with caregivers. So looking for those new people that have a sudden interest in their finances and their well-being, that's another red flag to us. Now, that can be legitimate. You know, it's it's okay for a family member to care about a relative and, and want to come in there and help. But it's always always a red flag where somebody hasn't been around, all of a sudden they're around now. Well, you know, sometimes I had this to happen where we had a, a person all of a sudden is involved and trusted caregiver and they were going to pay their bills. And right. uh, that wasn't somebody that we knew. They're paying their bills. They're, you know, they're going through this whole process of driving them to the bank. I mean, they were engaged. And as we looked at it, I mean, this was this was somebody that should have been okay. But when you start looking and you go back to the credit cards and dollars coming out of the check account, it was a problem. Yeah. And you don't think that that would be the case. But the trusted person was the one that, that, that kind of moves in. 
And as a trusted person, you know, asking questions, you're nothing wrong with asking, asking questions, right? Um, you're not accusing anybody of anything, but if you see right. something curious, like for instance, um, you know, a, a lot of people with their elderly parents may get copies of their bank statements, right? So if you're looking at, at a, a, someone's bank statement, an elderly person, maybe your grandparent or maybe your parent, and you see large withdrawals, right, that aren't regular, ask, hey, uh, I, I get the statement. I noticed you took, you know, $500 out on this day. What was that for? You're not accusing them of anything, but you're asking questions. And by asking those questions, you might see something or you might see the red flags. Again, it may not be a red flag. There may be a legitimate reason why all this money all of a sudden was out of the, you know, came out of the account. But but you've got to be aware that that's going on. And again, by asking questions is how you see the red flags, is how you see abuse starting to happen or how you catch it before it happens. Yeah, that, that flows right into a conversation with uh, clients. That it, and we see this quite often is make it an easy conversation. Don't make it feel like they're being quizzed about everything they do as a senior. That's a and, great point, Rob. Yeah. Now, let's, let me, let's dive into that just a second. I can see, if especially because I've got a case that I'm going to share in a minute, but this would have been exactly the problem if I would have asked it the way you... You don't just jump on this with both feet. Go ahead. I think that's yeah, so critical for absolutely. somebody to understand. So you make it conversational. Hey, let's take a look at some things here. And first of all, tell me what's on your mind today, mom or dad or that senior that you're working with. And let them talk and then go from there and springboard into, tell me a little bit more about how things are going financially for you. Have you had any reason or any concerns about things that we need to talk about? And those are the things that help you springboard. Well, let's let's take a look at your, your bank account. Do you have the last statement? And, oh, yeah, I, I had it, but such and such said that he wanted to look at or she wanted to look it over. Oh, who is such and such now? Mm-hmm. That's that new person that new comes person. into their life. Yeah. And they quickly, as Daniel said, can build up a what looks like a trust relationship, but really is a scammer trying to work. And this is something to think about. If you've got someone who starts to show genuine interest, I mean, it looks like generous to help, and they're right. they're doing it. It sounds good. Sudden, all of a sudden, they you know wonder about this, and this is kind of a red flag. I'll give you an example, just like you're talking about. All of a sudden, this person said, "Well, they've got a TV option. You know, they had a TV, and they don't watch TV. They're watching this. They're streaming or something, and and we're going to get rid of that. I can't get rid of that." They won't let me, and it's coming out of the credit card, and that, and you know where you're headed with this. It, they won't let me do it. Uh, I can't cancel it. I found out that it's still in the husband's name, okay, and this has been years ago, and nobody had changed it. Nobody had thought about it. Well, this trusted friend who's now showing tremendous amounts of interest in it, literally, as we go through that and continue to talk, and I'm not accusing anybody, but now we're going to help through this, but my concern was... This person was going to go to the bank, get a new credit card, all these things where the senior elder person had no real clue about what's going on. And my immediate idea behind this was all of a sudden we got a new credit card, we're canceling the old credit card, and guess what? Maybe, I'm not saying it would have happened, but this is the red flag, tremendous interest, would this person all of a sudden bet on that credit card? And that's where I'm saying just being sensitive to that from that standpoint. And setting the tone, right? Because you can sometimes stop something before it happens. Because, you know, if that trusted, in quotation marks, friend knows that there's a team of people looking out for that person's interest, it's going to make it that much harder for that person to take advantage of somebody. So, Daniel, you know, that's, that's so true. Plus, great thing to tell seniors is that if somebody calls, 
tell them, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to check that out with my son or my daughter or my best friend here just to make sure it's okay for me to do that. So making sure that that person that calls knows that somebody else is looking and working to help them during that time. That's a perfect advice. And so what I want to continue this discussion, guys, you're doing a great job. We want to remind you, if you just tuned in, we're talking with Daniel Irwin from the Better Business Bureau, Scott Jordan and Rob Clement. They're all here. They're from Shoemaker Financial. We're just walking through some issues, warning signs about elder abuse. And that's important. This time of the year, it may be the time that you're going to fly in to see mom and dad or you do some checking around, you do some questions, and we're going to come back and continue. What are some of the warning signs that you need to look at for that person that you love and that you want to take care of? That's going to be important. And then we're going to talk about some real scam problems that you got. That's coming up. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Thank you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9. The S&P 500 is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Daniel Irwin or the Better Business Bureau, Greg Villiers, or AGF Investments. The views and opinions expressed are those of Daniel Irwin and Greg Villiers only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Thank you so much for being a part of today's program. I want to remind you that if you you know want to find our show, you don't get to listen to all of it. You can listen to Talk Money on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and just simply subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Much, much appreciated. We've got Rob Clement in the studio. We're talking about elder abuse. And Daniel Irwin's going to help us go through some of the scams that are so critical at this time of the year. So stay with us. Now, let me go to this, Scott. I mean, when we talk about one of the warning signs, we've talked about isolation. We've talked about new people than the lives of the elder person. But all of a sudden, and you had this to happen with somebody that you were working with, all of a sudden somebody wanted to change the legal and financial documents and for almost no reason. Right. And again, there can be legitimate reasons for this. You, you know, you always want to review your legal documents. We suggest at least every three years to look over all that, look at beneficiary designations, make sure all that agrees with each other. But one of the things that we looked for is a sudden shift in that plan with those legal documents. Maybe we're changing how the will reads and, and giving things to different people or a new person has come in and we're changing our power of attorney. Now, again, all these documents are good. 
These are things we always recommend people had. I had a situation where it was a caregiver. Uh, I was working with the client and, you know, we were meeting for a review and he happened to mention that the caregiver had taken him to get his will updated. Caregiver was not there, right? The caregiver, the caregiver was, was not at this meeting, no. But he just had mentioned that he had, that the caregiver had driven him to get his will updated. And I just said, would, would you mind? Because we always like to get a copy of our client's wills and, and legal documents. And in reading through that, it was, it was kind of startling to find out that the person had basically named themselves in the will. You know, that's a shocking thing. If you had not asked that question or he had not said that, that could have gone on for years have. and could literally really, cost really this bad. person a lot of money. So making sure that somebody is checking that out, like yourself. All right, we've covered three. Now, I know there's a couple of more, and, and you know, Rob, help us out. Literally, what are we looking for in this final thought process of what to look for in the signs of possible elder abuse? Yeah, we really want to watch out for you know, those gatekeepers that come into their lives. We secondly want to watch out for changes that would be perhaps uh, like you all were just talking about. It could be a new credit card. It could be something that's changed. And yeah, I want to change my phone number or I want to change bank. So those are two email addresses. Would that I'm sure uh, all any those changes, changes? Yeah, any changes at all. And then you begin to look for behavior. What's different about mom or dad or my uncle or aunt or that dear friend? And so when you start looking for those things, then that's going to lead you to be able to reach out and help them and uh, make sure that they're not being abused. And You know, that's so critical when you think about behavior. We think about changes like, like Scott's talking about, and maybe it's an email change. It's a credit card change, as I was talking about. We had to, you know, make some changes there. It's just paying attention. But one of the things that I think is so easy is to look at the physical, at the person physically. Are you seeing any evidence of depression or anxiety or you know, stress. I mean, you can normally pick up on if there's stress going on, you can usually see that if you're observant and want to see it. And also malnutrition, that can be a huge sign. So Rob, you've talked about elder abuse and you've given us some great insight. Let me just kind of give me some tips that you just, you know, short time tips that you would say, yeah, I know being observant is kind of the one right. I'm thinking about. That's a tip. Just pay attention. But what else would you say to to our listening audience, to those people that are going to be visiting parents? Maybe it's a retirement center they're going to, or maybe it's the home that the person's living at. Just what are you what are you saying to them? Be observant. I heard it. I understand that. That's number one for the tip. What would you say another tip? Well, before I give the next tip, I'm going to say this. That Many times in sports you hear this. It's not how you start the game, it's how you finish the game. And when you come down to talking with people, it's all about dignity. You want them to help them finish that life's race with dignity. And you are going to talk to them in such a way that dignifies them. You lift them up and you ask them questions and you give them choices. You don't just sit there and make decisions for them. Recently, my wife and I happened to be caregivers for uh, a sibling of mine. And this particular sibling would come out dressed in a way that was not matching. You would say, wow, I haven't seen you wear that outfit. And she would encourage that person and not discourage them. So it comes from everything from the way we dress to the decisions that we make. You congratulate them on good decisions. And whether you think it's good or not, but you just let them know, hey, I respect you and I believe 
that you're here for a special purpose. I think that is so powerful. And I know your your next tip is going to be the one that really kind of ties into that is being their advocate, whether it's with siblings, whether it's with the doctor, just being that parent's advocate and really paying attention to them. That's so powerful for what you're talking about. I appreciate that. You're right. And the advocate is, uh, it, it sends huge rippling impact in their lives is that they know that somebody's there for them, just like it, usually if it's a parent, that they were there for you. So just be their advocate, love them, care for them, and let them know that you're there for them. You know, again, when you think about it, you're saying, first of all, they should be, you know, be observant, right? pay attention, look for the little signs, whether it's malnutrition, whether they're depressed or whatever, it's all that's part of it. And then dignify, you know, I think so many people would think, well, I'm doing that. But sometimes you, I have observed sometimes when it was not dignifying the parent, it was a much, much of a problem. And sometimes that's as simple as just a phone call, right? Just a phone call is sometimes all it takes because if you're not calling them, somebody else is. And if they're not talking to you, they're talking to someone else. So that opens, that opens it up, right? So sometimes just a simple phone call to say, Hey, I'm thinking of you. Hey mom, you know, sometimes just calling your mom can do a a, a world of good. Uh, I remember so well, just that I, I called my mom and one day she was frustrated over the phone and I said, what's, what's up mom? Well, the garbage man hasn't collected yet today. It's Wednesday. They're supposed to be here by this time. I'm like, Mom, don't worry about it. Uh, they're going to come. If not, I'll come out and help you. I told her, I said, call me if they haven't come by. Well, when I called her back that afternoon, she called me and I said, well, Mom, how did it go? She goes, well, I called the mayor. <laughs> I said, well, you called who? She says, I called the mayor's office. And I told him, hey, my garbage is not picked she, up. She bypassed you, Rob, and went she, straight to the source. She went to the shop. She, she was to take care of this problem. <laughs> and you I know what? It. The garbage was picked up picked in 30 up. minutes. So. I bet. And was never react. late again. So, uh, Mr. Strickland, I'm sorry here. But, <laughs> but, you know, the reality is what I like what we're saying is dignifying the parent, giving the being observant to the parent, being their advocate, as you were saying, you were talking to her, you were, you were advocating for her, even though you didn't call the mayor. Right. That's what she wanted you to do, Rob. <laughs> but the reality is, we were. there's a point in time, and I love what you said, it's not how you start the game all the ways, it's how you finish. And this is really about caring. And that's what we're trying to say. Dignifying that parent and being sure. Working with your siblings is another tip. You, you know, sometimes siblings don't always agree. We can talk about that later when we have the time. Siblings can get into an argument over what mom or dad should be. Uh, but again, I think it's so, so important that we just talk about these are tips to be a part of your care. It's Christmas, and it's a great time for you to dive in and be a little bit more observant of what's going on. Thanks, Jim. And I think that uh, you've summarized it very well. We just want to make sure that uh, we're there for them and they know that uh, and that we're here to just do anything that we can for them. Well, I, them. I appreciate that. So, so important. All right, guys, set up straight. Let's get all set up straight. We're about to go to school. <laughs> Professor's here. All right, come on now, guys. Everybody's got Tyler. Yeah, stand up straight, man. Everybody, Conduct you know, check. Everybody got it. All right, ready? All right, Mr. Daniel Irwin, the professor. Here's the problem, Daniel. I mean, you always do such a good job, and you say shop, sh- shop safe, shop smart. 
watch out during the holiday season. What are you seeing that are the scams? This online shopping, everybody's doing it, and yeah. yet they're scams. Right. So last week we went into on shopping safe, shopping smart, watching out for fake websites, right? Well, with everybody shopping online, what's the other thing we have to watch out for? Fake shipping notifications and delivery scams, right? Because we're all shopping online because, well, there's just not a lot of, of st inventory in stores, so we're forced to shop online, which means we lose track of all the purchases we make. So right? what you're talking about is when I get on my phone, that you know, would you want to check your 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 package? Is is that is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, so so one of the scams that we see this time of year, we call fake shipping notifications, and everyone gets them from time to time. It's that it's that text message or that gotcha. email that wants you to change your notifications, or uh, sometimes they even ask for more personal information or money. Right. So just know that these scams are out there, and there's a couple things that 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 you can do to know or, or at least red flags to watch out for. The first one is, remember, delivery companies do not request payment or personal information in return for goods already in transit. So, so if we start with that premise that you're never going to be contacted by a shipper or by a delivery company with a request for personal information or money to deliver a package that you've already paid for and is already in their possession, right? That's number one, because what happens is, is uh, with so many people waiting on these packages, scammers are taking advantage of this and they're using this surge to send phishing emails with links enclosed that may uh, that may allow unwanted access to your private information or download malware on your uh, device when you click on them. So, um, again, remember that unless you've given a company expressed permission to text you with updates, if you get a, a, a text message from a delivery company, a generic delivery company, right, you know it's fake because you haven't signed up for it. And those emails that we all get this time of year, because again, you're going to be bombarded with real emails and fake emails, right? Oh, because yes. you've you know you've got you've got legitimate emails coming from legitimate shippers, but you've also got those fake ones coming. So pro tip for these emails is a just like in fake websites, we're going to watch out for scammer grammar, right? And you know it when you see it. It's that shoddy grammar, right? Or it's it's uh, and the reason why we say we call it scammer grammar is it's usually most of these websites and most of these uh, shipping notifications are coming from overseas, right? And so it's 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 the the emails are written by people that don't speak English as a first language, so it may be technically correct, but it's not the way we speak, or it's been done by Google Translate, so it just doesn't look right. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Google Translate right. sometimes would translate it to what they're typing in, right. but it's not always it just perfect. And you know it when you see it, right? You, you, you immediately know it. And then the other thing to look out for is, remember, just because it says it's from a, a shipping company doesn't mean it is. So you're going to want to hover over with your mouse, hover over the email address. And guys, if it's a legitimate company, they're not going to be emailing you from a Gmail account. They're going to be using a corporate address. So that's the main thing. That's how you can filter out the spam and the scam emails from the real ones. So remember, they're never going to request money for a, a goods already in transit. Once you've paid for it, you've already paid that shipping cost. They're not going to come to you for another $5, right? And they're not going to email you from a Gmail account. So if you can stay to the, remember those two things, it's, it's really going to help you out. That's Daniel, great. I got this education the other day from my wife, and I thought of you immediately. Well, we were sitting in the house, and uh, she turned to Alexa and said, Alexa, do I have a package to be delivered today, or is it going to be tomorrow? And Alexa answered back, your package will be delivered on Tuesday of this week. So I did not realize that Alexa could tell you all those things. Yeah, and you know, I, 
we, we could, that's a whole nother issue for another day. <laughs> Technology, right? But, you know, uh, the other thing, uh, fake tracking numbers. Uh, so fake tracking numbers are a telltale sign that you were on a fake website. So what happens is sometimes you'll get an email right after you, you know, we all get it, legitimate emails too. Right after you order something, a lot of times a company will send you a tracking number. So, um, Here's a telltale sign that you've been scammed. If you take that tracking number and you put it and, and you go to the, the shipper that they sent that they tell you is going through and, and it says not found or it says not too many, you know, too many numbers or something like that, that's a telltale sign that you've that you've been scammed. So you don't need to wait any farther. That's when hopefully you followed our advice and used a credit card to purchase that. That's when you just call the credit card company and you report it as fraudulent. Um, and again, we always want you this time of year to be purchasing with a credit card. If a website does not take a credit card, stay away from it. You have more protection with a credit card, even more so with a bank card, right? With a credit card, all you got to do is call your credit card company and dispute the charge. And remember, it's not your money, right? So if you've given that credit card number to a scammer accidentally and they're, they're racking up charges all over the country, $500 here, $800 here, depending on what your limit is, they're going to take care of that. It's a lot easier. But keep in mind, that's on them. That's not on you. If you use a debit card, right, and it was a scam from the get-go, not only have they taken the money for that item that you were trying to purchase, but they're then using that card number, right, to make purchases all over the country. Well, you catch it, but then there's a dispute process, right? So your money's actually been tied up until they give it back to you. So that's where a lot of people get sideways because then they're, they don't have the money to pay their rent. They don't have the money to pay their bills. So that's why we always tell you to use a credit card when shopping online and a huge red flag is a retailer that won't take a credit card. Yeah, that's a great, great point. You know, I, I just had someone that had a very large credit line on a particular card. I mean, large. It was, I mean, when he told me what he was, I went, wow, that's that's impressive. Uh, but he said it's a detriment too because he, for the scams, so what you're mm -hmm. just talking about, he said, they, we have to watch it so carefully because he said, Somebody could go crazy, and, and there's no stopping it because yeah. his limit's so high, yeah. and that's what you're just talking about. So pay attention. And again, back to what Rob was talking about with elder abuse, this is paying attention, being observant. If all of a sudden, if you're checking mom or dad's credit cards because you're paying attention to that, see if there's anything on there that's not normal. And that's what right. you need to be doing. And I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, uh, another thing I do is, you know, to kind of keep my parents away from all that or, or elderly people in my life, like my grandparents, I have them ship all their stuff through me. They use my account. That way they're not the ones getting all those. They don't have to distinguish between what's real and what's not, right? They're not the ones getting all those emails from the shipper. They're not the ones that have to take it and look at it and, and deal with it. So even though they're the ones that have purchased it, they've, they've you know, they're sending it to me and it's got my phone number connected to I it. I like that, you know, and you know, you realize what Daniel just did. We're going to get calls now. Will Daniel do that for me? Right. You know, that's just, uh, that, so that'll be a phenomenal, Daniel, that'll be another whole business for you, man. Say, I mean, yeah. that's a, it's going to be a good 2023. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I tell you, but if you just tuned in, we're talking with Daniel Orwin, of course, and it's the, the Better Business Bureau. He is the director of uh, human resource, not human resources. What are you? Daniel? I'm public relations, but public we do it relations, all, you know? You know, whatever. <laughs> He's the professor. I just like it because he, he tells us all the things that we need to know when it comes to scams and so important. Now, I mean, you were talking about shopping and the online and all the possibilities there. So I think what I'm hearing, Daniel, just be careful. 
But I need to get to this one because a lot of us are doing this this time of the year, and that's fake charities. Yeah, It's hard to believe that that's prying on somebody's emotions, but that's exactly what's happening. What about that? So 40% of all charitable donations are received during the last few weeks of the year, right? right. And so um, donors are advised to look out for fraudulent charities and scammers pretending to be individuals in need. And so you should avoid impromptu donating decisions to unfamiliar organizations. And remember, responsible organizations will welcome a gift tomorrow as much as they will today. So when you get one of those people on the phone that's trying to pressure you and pressure you, oh, you got to give right now, you got to give right now. That's just, that's a tactic, right? That's a sales tactic. The other thing, there's a lot of things to watch out for, but the, the advice stays the same. The best thing when you are donating to a charity, try to use a credit card. Because again, you just have more protection in case you do later find out maybe that that charity wasn't wasn't real or you know you you did fall for a scam. But you know this is one of those that you sometimes you fall in and you never even know, right? Because when you donate money, you're not receiving anything back, so you never really know whether your money went to where it was intended. So there are just a couple of you know just basic things you can know. But remember, established charities are more likely to have the experience to quickly address the circumstances. So whatever it is you're wanting to donate to. We always recommend you look for an established charity. And also, if you're worried about tax deductions, remember, it's got to be a registered charity in order for you to be eligible for a tax deduction. And so a lot of people, they get sideways with that because they think, oh, just because I'm donating money, I can deduct it on my taxes. And that's not always the case. That's a big, big issue when you think about it. Scott, I know we talk a lot to people that are doing charitable donations through what we call a qualified charitable distribution. Right. Talk about right. that. And that's that's something that at this time of the year, people need to be sensitive to. There's a lot of that going on. One of the things that you can do that the IRS allows you to do is gift money straight from your individual retirement account, your IRA account to the charity. And that way that never hits your adjusted gross income. You know, when they raise the standard deductions, a lot of people don't get to itemize anymore. So one way around that is if you're having to take money out of an IRA, because they do require you to take minimum distributions, or you want a gift out of the IRA, you can gift it directly to the charity. The IRA custodian will send a check directly to the charity, and that way that never has to hit your adjusted gross income. So it's a way to get that deduction for it, in a sense, without having to itemize your taxes. Does the, does the charity, are they notified that, person A gave that money to them? They should be notified by the custodian, but I always, as a backup, encourage people to call the charity and let them know it's coming so they know to expect it because, hey, the check could get lost in the mail because it is a physical check that is mailed to the charity. So you want to let them give them a heads up, let them know it's coming and, and follow up to make sure they receive that. That's that's great advice. So let's do some summary, guys. We just got a few minutes left. So when you're looking for things that are elder abuse, you're talking about isolation, talking about changing in record. Rob, what would you conclude as being very important, most important when it comes to recognizing possibilities of elder abuse? Change in personality. Is that person different than he or she was in the last time that you talked with them? Are they talking more about a new person in their life? Those two things tell you right quickly if there's something changing. And they may have a new person. That's a nurse or, or a physician or somebody or a caregiver but make sure that you have done your due diligence and ask that question. Boy, it's Christmas time. Change in personality. Look for that. Understand that. That's great, Rob. That's so important. You need to be sure that this year, for that person in your life that is the, that elder person, that mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandparent, look for that. Important, as Rob says, 
Look for a change in behavior. What about it, Daniel? Well, just when it comes to donating money, make sure you're watching out for charity name confusion. Be alert to questionable groups seeking to confuse donors with names that sound similar to charities that you know, right? So they piggyback on trusted names. And resist pressure to give on the spot. Remember, a real charity is going to welcome your donation today as well as it will tomorrow. They're not going to pressure you into making it right now. And here's a big one. Be weary of 100% claims. Watch out for claims that 100% of donations will assist relief victims because the organization is probably incurring costs. So that's one, you know, that's just a, if they say that, make sure you ask questions. Um, and that's how you can see these red flags. You want to know where your money's going, ask how they're going to use it. That's a perfect example. Great, great idea. And then the QCD, Scott, just simply be aware that you're able to do that. Right. Be, be aware of it. And it is, it is a valuable tool to use for gifting money to organizations. So, you know, reach out if you have any questions about that. I'd be happy to answer that. Well, for that's you. a great point. You can Call us if you'd like. If you'd like to talk to Greg, Scott, Greg, that's Greg Valliere, Scott, or Rob, you can reach us at 901-757-5757. And you can call Daniel at the Better Business Bureau at 901-759-1300. Write those numbers down. Feel free to give them a call. You can find the show, of course, Talk Money on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We would absolutely appreciate that very much. And remind you, if you have questions, you can type them to Jim, J-I-M, to the text line, 901-683-0989, or send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Next week, we've got a special program for you. It's going to be our Christmas program. We've got people from the Shoemaker family that's going to be here. That's not my personal family. We're talking about from the business, and they're going to come in and talk about their favorite Christmas memory. And if you have a favorite Christmas memory, just simply text it to us at 901-683-0989. Or if you'd like to talk about it next week, just give us a call. Call me at my telephone number, 901-757-5020. That's my personal line. You want to talk about a Christmas memory, we can get you on the program. That's Saturday morning. We're here every week at 7 o'clock and Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. I want to thank our producer, Tyler Springs, guest and content coordination by Francis Fortner, production and marketing assistant, Lauren Norsworthy, and compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong and Kimberly Holtus. Thank you so much, guys, for what you do. Thanks for listening. We're here for you each and every week, helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Rob Clement is a registered representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. This has been Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker on News Talk 98.9.